Hello, hello, ghosts and ghouls. Welcome back to Nope, I'm Scared. I'm Alexa. I'm Ella. And thank and you for being it? patient with us. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a little crazy. Um, I got, this is me, Alexa. I got jumped onto a new job kind of with only like two days notice. And it's a full-time position, so my days are just completely different now um and so we had to like figure out when to do research when to record when to edit so my plan is to still have it be terrified tuesday and we'll just move our recording time around and it'll give me time to do editing on sundays and then i can just schedule it to come out on tuesday still um okay but you know we'll see so thank you guys for being patient sorry <laughs> but i mean i'm hopeful that in a few months we'll be able to give you guys like more content even if it's just like instagram or a tiktok whatever because yeah me and ella will be in the same place so we can do more things together yeah we're even talking about youtube maybe oh yeah so. that was the other thing <laughs> the other thing because I would love to put our stuff on on YouTube, but I don't always want it to just be, like, empty backspace, like, empty drawing and then the podcast audio. Because it's a lot harder for people to just, like, walk around and listen to it on their day-to-day -day the way that you can with, like, Spotify or Apple or, you know, whatever. Um, because YouTube mm -hmm. doesn't, doesn't let you close your phone unless you pay. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid um, so yeah we're trying to think of like what we could put on there plus maybe i will put on episodes in case people are like doing it while they do homework or something i don't know are you working on art pieces are you doing a puzzle who knows sure thing that's what we do i do it when i'm i listen to podcasts when i'm driving when i'm cleaning when i'm cooking all the time. most of it a lot a lot of the time so much to the point that my playlists are so outdated that i have to spend probably a lot of time fixing them <laughs> <sighs> which i don't have <laughs> so we'll okay. see yeah we'll see um we'll i really loop. oh there has been some news i don't know if ella saw it because ella stays away from the news and you know is mostly not on the true crime like circle of things mm -hmm. but this was news that actually josh told me and it regards the case that he actually wants to run himself at some point because it comes oh, he from wants to run that case yeah he wants to run because it comes from reading it's a reading case and he remembers it because i think it happened at during a time that he was still living there because it wasn't that long ago from what i remember and like i know the case but like i would definitely need to do a refresher on it but it regards, I don't remember her name, but it's, there was a woman who was found wandering on the highway and she like got picked up and she said she had been kidnapped and held hostage and she said she had broken away and like they were, people were sending her money to like fix, like get herself better. And then she like ended up having a husband and the husband was like being really weird. And then she wasn't allowed to talk to anybody and then if she got on interviews, like, her husband had to go with her, and he ended up doing, like, all the talking, pretty much. I and don't then, trust that. 
And so apparently what was happening was that the FBI also was like, hmm, that seems weird and has been looking into this this whole time. And like, I think only a couple days ago, I got a like all caps text message from Josh saying that she was like being like investigated by the FBI and that she like had been found that it was entirely fraud and that she had to like pay back the $30,000 that she had been like gifted in donations and that if she doesn't like admit what happened she could go to jail for 30 years so we're waiting on some more stuff but this is the case that Josh wants to do I think it needs to wait until we all live together and he needs time to like put it all together and he's not used to doing you know these giant research cases so he can't do it maybe he can but I don't know if he can do it in like just a few days the way that we do mm-hmm. ours typically. Sometimes. Sometimes they're longer. Depends on what they are. Like the Lacey Peterson case I worked on for a long time. That's exciting. I'd be so down for that. Yeah. So like I know that and I know a little bit more about things. And I also remember that I never thought it sounded right. But I do still need a refresher because it's been... Like, I think at least a year since I listened to someone talk about the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. But I think that's the biggest news that has come out lately. I haven't really been keeping up with it because full-time job. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I thought we needed to talk about that. That's exciting. I'm excited to learn about all of that because that sounds like a lot. Yeah. It was, from what I remember, it's pretty wild that they thought they were going to get away with this. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but okay. with that, I'm not entirely sure how long this episode will be. I have a lot of information, but not a ton of, like, pages. But mm-hmm. um, I do need to, like, let people know. I mean, you see the title, but Ella doesn't know yet. This is not a fun episode. This talks about, like people being very shitty people to a bunch of people that don't deserve it and had nothing they could really do about it it has to do You're being with like so vague right now it's it's like miss what is it it's cruel and unusual punishment cruel and unusual treatment we're going to talk about like malpractice we're going to talk mm-hmm. about like just the most horrendous treatment of people that can be um it also is from the past so they're going to use what we now know are very like rude thing rude ways to describe mentally disabled people um mm-hmm. i did go in and try to change a lot of things that like didn't but there's i do want to convey what people were saying about people back then and like how they were talking about them so like there's gonna be and also there's a few like government um programs with the r word in it and it's like we have to acknowledge that that's where we were at some at one point so Mm -hmm. I, i feel like i'm gonna say it like maybe twice in total but like there's just it's it's awful so like this isn't the funnest of episode it's both true crime and spooky, um, but hmm. just a lot of bad, a lot of bad. And this, I was kind of thinking about this case 
for a bit, but then I listened to Morbid and I think Elena covered in Orphanage briefly. And I was like, ah, oh, let me go back in and look at it. And so that's kind of where this episode came from. Interesting. I know nothing <laughs> about this, so. But you do. You just don't know the name yet. Yeah, I titled this episode Nurses Be Bitches Sometimes. Because they do. Because they do. Anyway, this is so. Penhurst Asylum. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That does ring a bell. So that is spooky and true well, crime. It's because we've watched a Ghost Adventures episode about it. You and Josh? No, me and you. Oh, yeah, yeah. We totally we've, did. We've 100%. watched a Ghost Adventures episode about it. Mm hmm. It was a good one, too. It was very fun. <laughs> I mean, those are Zach Bagans, you know? <laughs> Sending Aaron off alone to do things all of the time. I think Nick was still a part of Ghost Adventures by, at that point, right? I think so. I think it was one of their earlier ones, but I'm not sure. All right. So Penhurst Asylum, which was known formally as Penhurst State School and Hospital, which was formally known as Eastern Pennsylvania State Institution for the Feeble-Minded and Epileptic. It's a very long name. Yes. Uh, Feels unnecessary. I mean, I also don't like that we're naming it that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It opened in November, November 23rd of 1908. So old. Very. Um, With a plan to house and care for the epileptic and, quote, quote, their words, feeble-minded. Um... However, due to pressure from outside influence, which was, like, the government, the neighborhoods around it, um, people in general, police, um, they were, they had to take in, um, both mentally and physically disabled people, as well as orphans, immigrants, and even criminals, because they just didn't have places to go. So literally fucking anyone who didn't fit the standard of society. Yeah. Um, Got it. Okay. Which here I, here I say basically anyone that could be labeled at the time as unfit for citizenship or posed a menace to the peace. And I'm doing both of those in quotes. In air because quotes. <laughs> they are not my words. Mm-hmm. And so these were like, they were people that were like just coming up, dropping off their kids or whoever, and, like, taking off. Because they just were like, I can't deal with this. I don't know where to put them. Great. That's, we love to see that. Yeah. So caring. So this, of course, caused a bunch of problems. Um, But I do have to say that I didn't know this. Mental hospitals were supposed to be a progressive idea at the time. Because... It was, they were trying to, they were attempting to give, they quote, defective people a more humane treatment than what they had been previously getting. Yeah, that totally worked out for them. Well, I didn't know this either, but I looked it up and it said up until the 1800s, disabled people were being lumped with the poor, the sick, and the aged paupers. And they were all labeled deviants. And they were actually sold to whoever would pay 
to take all of them somewhere. Jesus and, Christ. And we have no idea where they went. <laughs> yeah, l- hate. I hate that. No. So, so, like, they're like, see, we give them a facility to care for them. That's better. And it's like, maybe, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Because we were putting people into these facilities that still had this huge prejudice against them. No Mm -hmm. knowledge of what was happening. And we were just like, take care of all of them. Yeah, we're going to underfund you and understaff you and just put a bunch of people in this one area. Oh, yeah. Where, and you don't understand what's happening. Like Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so bad. It is so bad. And there were so many places exactly like Penhurst that didn't mm-hmm. get the, like, notoriety of it, but they still did it. Oh, yeah, going... but they were all the same. Yeah. Okay, so the, has- the, the hospital... The hospital... The hospital sat on about 634 acres of land at the time that it was built. And, like, after a few years, they had about a dozen buildings. Like, it took them some time. I think they had three at the beginning. And then they, like, had to keep building. Um, You know what I realized? I don't know how big an acre is. I have no visual representation for it. I just know it's big. To be fair, we are California natives. And within that, we are L.A. natives. I don't know what open space looks like, at least, <laughs> unless I drive, like, three hours out of L.A. I will have no idea. Valid. I will have no idea. And I'm in Oregon now, in Portland, and so I still don't really know, but I can drive maybe 30 minutes south, and I'll see more open spaces. So it's a lot closer. I still I don't, don't know. know what an acre is. I'm just fucking huge, okay? It's a yeah, lot of it. space. <laughs> but okay. they, at the time that they like first opened, I think they had three buildings. So they had like a bunch of empty land and three shabby brick buildings. Sounds about right. In the middle yes, of nowhere. Correct. Because when you have a, you know, asylum, it has to be in the middle of nowhere. You know, far enough away from society where it won't cause problems to the people living around it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and so over time they built some more and they had designed it to house every hospital room to house two to three beds and each of the dormitories to have eight to ten beds. So they had, like, an idea of how many people that they could comfortably Mm -hmm. house but that really didn't matter because they weren't going to ever be close to that number yeah for sure um they were the government gets involved well it's not it's not that part but it really was more like they gave them money to like build and then like dipped Nobody mm-hmm. was checking on these places after that, and nobody was really funding it because they didn't know what they needed to fund properly. Yeah. Um. But yes, it was severely undercalculated, and within only four years, the hospital was already extremely overcrowded with, like, I think they had, like, 900 more people than they could, secu- like, comfortably oh, shit. fit. That's so many. And it would, it was, they were going to keep having more people. I think at the highest point they had 
3,500 patients for, it's just insane. It's insane. Like, even with how big it ends up being, I still don't know how they were fitting all those people. There's no way. Like, that's a whole high school, and a high school doesn't live there. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, they were severely overcrowded and horribly understaffed due to all of the people that were being admitted to the hospital. Um, and once this started happening, they began having to, well, they said they had to, but they had to classify their patients when they came into the hospital for admittance. And so, they were judging them based off their mental prowess and their physical abilities and labeling them either imbecile or insane or epileptic or healthy and that was all the qualifications wow that it's okay it is terrible so bad tell me that doesn't feel like going to i mean i don't want to make this comparison but like in the holocaust memorial museum they have the two doors that you had to walk through in Nazi camps where one says like able-bodied and one says like mm-hmm. women, children, and elderly. And like you just walk through those doors and like one doorway led to permanent death. I mean, what's not permanent death? But just led to immediate <laughs> death. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it's just like it feels so much the same. Where it's like if you're anything other than healthy, it's a death sentence. Well, and this was like they were judging healthy based off of people that the society had already said wasn't worth anything. Mm-hmm. So I so, can't imagine how many of them were labeled healthy after yeah, all that. I don't know. Also, um, how many people did they think were dealing with epilepsy? I mean, was this I mean, like such a big problem? No, so to me, it seems like epilepsy wasn't necessarily that. It was like epileptic meant like couldn't control themselves. It wasn't the term that we use now for like having seizures. It was just like they, mm-hmm. they're not there. Or like anyone with a tick or anyone with schizophrenia, Alzheimer's, Prob- all of probably. that would be. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, in 1912, there was already a problem for the hospital because there was a big outcry from the board of trustees at the hospital, and they didn't like the hospital's mission statement because they did not think that you could care for both epileptics and feeble-minded people in the same facility because their care was so vastly different from each other. It was like comparing themselves to night and day. That's what they freaking said. Like, verbatim. Like, I'm going to have some quotes in here from people that are just terrible. What? That doesn't make any sense. No. Uh, The commissions agreed to a commission of custodial care, which I had to look up because I didn't know what it was. And it means it's an aided help with feeding and bathing, but it's not required to be a medical professional to do it. So like so anyone could just be can fucking come. anyone. Yeah, anyone could come help these people eat, help these people bathe, and they don't know they don't have to know how to effectively Handle. care someone's yeah. mental disabilities. That's lovely. Um, That's just so I mean, awesome. it's just gonna get worse, okay? Uh I mean we're all... only many, like twenty minutes into this episode, so God, there was they treated people so, so terribly. 
back then. Like, I'm sure, honestly, though, like, there's a preserve, preserve Penhurst that's trying to switch it to, like, it was the society's problem because people weren't, like, checking in on the patients. And so, like, you know, we can't really, like, fault people for doing their best with the staff they had. And it's like, like, yes, you but can. no. Yes, but no. Because you can fault them for being understaffed and stressed. You can't fault them for torturing their patients. Like, no, that's what I mean. It's like, and like, they're like, we need to change the, you know, perception of the patients. And I'm like, for sure. Because we well know that they were complete victims and that mental disability doesn't mean anything to, mm-hmm. like, who you are as a person. Like, you're going to be a great person anyway or you'll be a crabby person no matter what is going on here like it doesn't equate to what your brain does mm-hmm. and so it's just like no okay um anyway back to terrible news um okay. they also deemed the feeble-minded people as unfit for citizenship which is a direct quote and that was something that was most commonly seen at the time regarding the intermingling of people with race. Like they mm-hmm. used they used unfit for citizenship to classify uh, black people as not being human enough to be around white people. And now we're yep, seeing this again right. with disabled people. Yeah. Um, nope. I mean, anyone who's not fit for society. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here's where I say, like, it was largely a ploy to keep, quote, healthy, desirable people, end quote, from reproducing with people, quote, deemed inferior, end quote. Yep. Sounds about right. <sighs> the olden days. Men. Ugh, olden white men. Mm-hmm. God so bad uh okay so penhurst would expand following this decision and they would build more buildings um and at the end i think they have about i think they have 18 buildings on the location at the end of everything a lot lot of buildings um and the first one that they focused on building was the women's dormitories because they were hoping to separate the men and the women in order to stop pregnancies from happening. I wonder what the men-to-women ratio was there. Um, I believe it was 65% men. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's kind of surprising to me. Yeah, because of what we know from, you know, uh, asylums back in the day, where, like, any problematic woman... Or, like, woman challenging her husband got sent to an insane <laughs> To asylum. an asylum. But mm-hmm. I think that's more, uh, like, 1800s, and we're now in the 1900s, so maybe it was a little different. No clue. I don't know either. Um, so they also set up tunnels, which connected all the buildings to each other, and then they put walkways on top of those tunnels so that they could transport patients. Uh, and then at this, this is the point where the the hospital becomes basically its own city. They were um, added to 
the railroad, like they had their own station for Penhurst so that they could get deliveries and coal to power the hospital. They grew their own food, which I believe they used some of the patients like to help do that because the patients like made shoes and like grew vegetables and like cleaned. Like there's a bunch of stuff that they were like required to do and they were like used as activities. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that, like, inmates now have, like, community service. Yeah. Love this. This is going so great. Um. So, yeah, they grew their own food, and they even had their own power plant. <laughs> that feels like a bit much. Well, I mean, it made them pretty much completely independent from society. Yeah, no, and... they're self-fulfilling over there. No one's coming, no one's checking. If they, especially if they're not needing a lot of groceries and the groceries are only coming from a train that passes by, who's coming in to check what's going on? Unless you're nope. visiting a family member in there. I have no idea. Well, the government probably sees it and is like, oh, you know, they're managing just fine on their own. We don't need to go check up on them. Like, Well, so I don't know how much they were checking up on. They probably were just looking at the, like, budget and being like... What do you mean you need this much money for food? <laughs> you should have thought about that before you became peasants. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Isma. <laughs> um, so yeah, but at least at this point, they were able to only take in people who were deemed to have a mental disability, which meant that they didn't have to take in immigrants, orphans, and... Uh, criminals that didn't also fit that category as well so it at least sort of helped with the overcrowding and with the people who didn't need to be there anyway i mean i feel like it keeps children out of that picture for the most part no (laughs) nope okay cool No, it didn't no it did not i've never been more disappointed to be wrong in my entire life yeah it's terrible um but like because you have to think of, like, what did people in the 1915s, they, you know, the 1910s, think was a mental disability? Because it would shock you, based off of our 2020 knowledge, or 2022. I mean, anyone with ADHD, probably? Okay, yeah, I didn't think you were going to think about that. Because, yes, a lot of kids were sent there because they were hyperactive. And they would mm-hmm. end up having they, people with autism... Uh, people with Down syndrome, and then Tourette's, people who had anxi- anxiety and ADHD. But then you also have people who had like schizophrenia, like more of the like, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff that would have been really hard to live with without medications that we have now to manage it. Like, but you, we had it different, and so it was like a lot of parents just dropping off children that they didn't know what to do with and couldn't manage and they would just drop them off and like some came back some never came back to visit yeah i don't know why it's so easy for some parents to be like and i'm never seeing my kid again well people back then were like really bad like i think before people who were just i even tried to look it up to see like how did we use to treat people and it was like it seemed like most of the time people were shut in in their houses and like kept secret because it was you know shameful to have a child with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so yeah, they, once they were dropped off by their parents, they would just live here for the rest of their lives. 
I don't like that. No, it sounds awful. That sounds so bad. For however long their life was at that point. Um, okay, I have to say that the nurses and the staff all referred to every patient as the children, no matter how old they were. Everyone that was called culty. the children. All of this feels borderline kind of culty. It sounds creepy. And like, they're people. Why are you calling them the children? Because you think Especially they have like them. Like elderly people there. Like, I'm, I'm not going to call my grandma the child. Like, that doesn't make sense. Was it Baby Yoda? <laughs> but it's just like, a, and there's some... children. I mean, some of these people would end up being like 40 years old, and you're talking about them going, yes, the children are doing great. And it's like, that's creepy. It's like Stepford yeah. wifey in. Like, uh, yeah, culty, I guess. I don't like it. Um... The higher functioning patients would often have to help take care of the patients that needed more assistance, and it was a punishment to have to, like, go to the, like, um, I don't remember what they referred to it as, but, like, the, the higher need ward, it was a punishment mm -hmm. for people. Like, you had to go clean up after, which meant, like, you were going to be cleaning, like, poop and pee. Because that they like didn't know how to like go be poop and peep on their own. Yeah, poop and pee on their own. Poop, what did that I say? Tracks. I said peep. I think. <laughs> and um, and it's just like that. Just means that you're not caring for your patients enough. Because why is that what's happening? What exactly are these people doing besides torturing their patients? Um, I mean, there's a lot of people that said they tried and that some people were getting proper treatment, but I'm really thinking that has to do with, like, how much money people were spending on them. Yeah. Because I'm sure there were outside families who were funding, you know, their care the same way that we do mm -hmm. now with, like, um, retirement homes. And mm -hmm. so, like, those people probably were getting more treatment, but then what about all the other ones that had just been, like, dumped by their parents? Yeah, and, like, are getting no additional funding. Yeah. Um. So, pretty much hmm. in all of Penhurst's history, it was working with horrific overcrowding and terrible understaffing through its whole history. That's horrible. Um, yeah, so we're going to jump ahead to, well, actually, I'll do this one first. So in 1918, the chief physician was a terrible human being and a eugenicist. Awesome. Oh, off to, off to a good start. And he believed, and these are the quotes that I'm going to say now, okay? Every mm -hmm. feeble-minded person is a potential criminal. Wow. The general public, although more convinced today than ever before that it is a good thing to segregate the idiot or the distinct imbecile, they have not as yet been convinced as to the proper treatment of the defective delinquent, which is the brighter and more dangerous individual. It is now generally understood that feeble-mindedness is the great majority of instances the direct result of hereditary transmission of mental defect. It is also known that the feeble-minded female is very likely to bear children 
and that these children are almost always certain to be defective or in some way permanently dependent. The feeble-minded girl is more of a menace to society than the feeble-minded boy. Statistics show that feeble-minded girls and boys marry in the ratio of three to one. It would seem, therefore, that if the state is not adequately equipped to care for all the feeble-minded, the feeble-minded girl should have institutional care in preference to the boy, since she is the greater menace. Wow. This is the man that's running the hospital. Well, I can't imagine the ladies were being treated very well at all in that case. No. If, you know, we're the bigger threat to society. Because we will breed? Right. (sighs) Especially since I just recently learned that there was a study done that showed that, like, women have, with the X chromosome, you get a thousand genes. So women have two thousand genes to pick and choose from, whereas... The Y chromosome seems to only have 70 genes in it. So, like, (laughs) what is this? This is bullshit. I hate this. Yeah. Well, luckily, eugenics were widely renounced after seeing the Nazi treatments and experiments that were happening to people in World War II. But if you think about it, this is the man who was in charge in 1918, and World War II ended in 1945. And how long did it take to get all of the news back about what the Nazis had been doing in their camps? Like, that was like 30 years later. So what was happening to these poor people in that 30-year time span? Nothing good. Yeah. No. So, yeah. Um, by the mid-1960s, Penhurst housed 2,791 people, most of which were children, and about 900 more than the administration thought the buildings could actually accommodate. Well, Um, that's not good. But as a state school, they had to take what they were given, which, like, we know what state schools get. Nothing. <laughs> hmm Um, only 200 of the residents were in any kind of art, education, or recreation programs that would help them improve their condition, though many patients were high-functioning enough to learn with the right care. I mean, that's how all people are. They can, you know, learn. hmm The administrators interviewed in this program recognized that they were falling short of their ideal treatment, but they stated that because their buildings were falling apart, they had too short a budget of about $4 million. Like, it was that they thought they should be getting $4 million more in order to make ends meet for things. They also only had nine medical doctors and 11 teachers, none of which were trained in special education. Of course not. No, not at all. Yeah. Only nine doctors? Nine. And eleven teachers. I don't know how many nurses. Um, couldn't find that. But... For all of those people? For nearly 3,000 people. That's concerning. That doesn't seem correct in my book. No. Mm. I don't know who's Mm -hmm. the program manager on this, but I think that they need to reevaluate 
I mean, I feel like 30 kids a teacher is already a lot. And, <laughs> like, that's way more. Yeah, this is, like, at least, what, 2,270 per class? <laughs> Makes you feel How better, you huh? to learn anything? Yeah, that does make me feel a little bit better about my education. Ugh. <sighs> yeah. Um, that's worse okay. than, like, a college lecture hall. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, so now we're gonna get into some of the stories about the treatment that I'm that I've been able to uncover. Yay. That is outside of later evidence. Um mm-hmm. yeah, so there are stories about rampant bullying that either was going unhandled or unnoticed, with punishments punishments ending up being dealt out to the victim once they had finally gotten fed up and retaliated. Um, There are tales that biting was a huge problem, and that upon the second... That biting is a huge problem? Yeah, like, they really did not like when patients bit the staff, and upon the second bite, they would be taken to the dentist and have all of their teeth removed. Okay. Um. Hmm. That makes me real uncomfortable to think about. Yeah, I hate it. I hate anything with teeth, anything with nails, anything with eyes. And like, God, what? Especially if you have to think like maybe some of these people weren't able to communicate their feelings. And so it's like getting mad. Also, if some stranger is like being real rough with you and that's all you can do is like to bite someone... Yeah, like, I'm not, I want to be clear, I'm not comparing humans to, like, dogs, but, like, if we're going to assume that, like, a human, this, this human cannot communicate how they're feeling and what's happening to them, and they're not even aware of what, and they have no tools to articulate, they're going to react in a way that they can, which is very akin to a dog biting when you hurt them by, on accident. Mm-hmm. And so or it's like, like a baby. Or a baby. Yeah, well, babies are a little less helpless. They're more helpless, I should say. Whereas, the thi- you know, like, a baby's not going to, like, know well, that they also can't really bite you. They don't have teeth to bite you, but they also, like, aren't going to know that, like, making a fist and punching their, like, mom because they're upset with the diaper changing process. Like, they're not thinking that way. But, like, mm-hmm. this is a person that knows that this is hurting, this is uncomfortable, they're upset, but they can't get any of that out. And that's why you have toddlers when they're in that state. They end up being people who bite, people who hit, people who kick, because that's all that they can do to express themselves in that moment. And could you imagine mm-hmm. being like, oh, my toddler bit me again. I have to get all their teeth removed. Like, oh, my God, what is that? Yeah. Like, it makes, mm. it's terrible. It is terrible. I don't like it. <sighs> that was, that's like, one of, comfy. you know, like, and they're, like, I'm gonna keep going, but, like, that's one of the ones that most stuck out to me. Like, oh my god. It feels like such an overreaction to fucking anything. Especially when they- That is going to ruin they, someone's life forever. Especially when they were, like, the patients were the ones that were dealing with, the, like, all of the ma- mistreatment. But because mm-hmm. they bit somebody twice? No. Yeah. 
Um, oh, suppose we're doing great. Yeah, I told you guys it was not going to be like a yay true crime episode. No. Um, they would supposedly lock people in solitary confinement for up to twenty four hours a day. Oh, I hate solitary confinement. For unruly behavior, though they don't specify what that is. Um, There is documentation that even the higher functioning patients were regressing and losing their own sense of reality after being in the hospital for enough time. Just because they were being like... I wonder why. They were being left alone. There were reports that the higher functioning patients were resorting to self-harm in order to get attention from literally anybody like they Mm -hmm. were just so starved for attention and human interaction that they were harming themselves um there are there are reports of verbal and physical abuse rape experimental medical treatments and of course psychological trauma (laughs) yeah i wonder why yeah. Um okay, so most of this stuff would go unaddressed even though there are multiple newspaper articles covering the hospital even calling it like the shame of Pennsylvania at one point, but it wasn't until 1968 when a young local reporter named Bill Baldini who worked for um Channel 7 which was CBS, I believe. He got a tip that he needed to go check out the hospital, and he went in one time and knew that he needed to come back with a camera crew. Wow. Um, what year is that happening in? 1968. So 60 okay. years after it opened. Yeah. All right. Well, at least someone knows. Um, it would end up being a five-part news series, uh, covered, covering what was going on in the facility, and it was out for most of the public the first time they actually saw what was happening themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can watch it. It's on YouTube. I started it, and I couldn't get all the way through it. It's called Suffer the Little Children. Okay. No, I think it's it like down. it's like thirty minutes, maybe an hour. Um, and so yeah, Baldini said that his crew was mortified, and I'm gonna start quoting him now. I mean, okay. I, I mean, I had trouble keeping them on the job because they were literally getting sick from what they saw. Hmm. Um, It showed images of the patients naked and emaciated. Some were swaying or rocking um, to find any form of comfort. Some had even curled completely into the fetal position. Um, Yep. It showed the more hyperactive, quote, troublesome children being tied to their beds with thick leather straps to keep them in their beds. Oh, and then hmm. for for Baldini, the hardest part for him to forget is the ward of infants and children from ages six to six months to five years old that were about eighty people, eighty children in this ward, and they were all in these metal cages that were completely encompassing their cribs. Wow. 
what? And they were just, these children were just laying in days of piled up urine and feces. What? What? Mm. What are they supposed to do? They're children. I think. I think they were probably just like we don't have the staff to handle eighty, you know, infants and toddlers, and it's safer if they're just staying in their crib. So they put these fucking cages so that they literally like couldn't crawl out of them. Oh. Like, what is that going to do to them? Yeah, that could give them, like, fucking acid burn if the well, urine gets um, on them. You know, aside from the physical problem, like, what's the, the mental psychological trauma? Because, like, mm-hmm. we know that babies express, experience stress if they aren't getting a response from their mother. Like, after seconds. Like, they have studies of that now. And, mm-hmm. like, what is this? Like, they, if they were there days just screaming in beds, like, what if, what even, I just cannot understand how we, like, we're treating yeah. people this way. They, I feel like, the, you know, the children, if anything, would be a priority to these people, but apparently not. Well, I guess it depends on, like, if the babies were cute, because that typically does, like, affect mm-hmm. how people treat babies. Um, yeah. Or if, you know, the baby was already disabled when they got dropped off, and that's why yeah. they got dropped off. Like, if the baby's blind or deaf, or if they have, like, a cleft palate. Like, mm-hmm. I could easily see people prioritizing which babies get care based off the way that they look. Oh, yeah. 100%. For sure. Um, so yeah, he was even able to get an interview with the hospital's physician at the time, or one of the hospital's physician at the, the time. Why did the hospital let him do this? Is my question. Um, do they really think everything they were doing was okay? I think what they thought was like we're doing the best we can with the money we have. So maybe they were hoping for more money. I, I honestly don't know because no like way this was gonna look good for them. No, I honestly have no idea because like what I'm about to say, I do not know why this gentleman chose to like willingly confess to it on camera. Mm-hmm. Like I do not understand. I don't understand what these people were thinking. And I don't think I ever will, and I don't think I ever want to. Because it's horrible. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Baldini was able to get one of the hospital's physicians to give an interview where he talked about how he he was having trouble handling a bully who had brutalized another patient. And so he said that he went to his colleagues to ask them, which injection can I give this patient that will cause the most pain and discomfort without permanently injuring them? That is torture right there. Man's just admitted to torture. Yeah, and then, like, not only did he ask, like, other people, like, what can I give him? He then did it. He then gave this person an injection. Like, and also, I don't know how old the patient is. 
but like also how old is the patient mentally to like be able to understand what being a bully is and just like i never would no 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 yeah that is not something you're a also, doctor who gave him the answer for that i don't know like who was like yeah you know what you know what we could do we could give him this thing so I I don't know if he was speaking to the the other eight doctors that worked at the hospital or if he like went to a different hospital and was like, "Hey, I've got some patient." And they were like, "Yeah, you know, if you inject lithium or something." I don't even know what it was. Oh my god. And they who gave this man an answer? I oh. No, um, not okay. Yeah. Um, in the 70s came a lot of change, and with it, a lot of advocates for disabled people who all started looking into Penhurst and discovered that they rarely met with psych- psychologists or psychiatrics, and also only half of the patients were being taught to brush their teeth, and also out of those half of the patients... One third of the half of them didn't even have teeth to brush anymore, and so they were brushing their gums. Yeah, that tracks. What? Fits everything. That tracks. Makes sense. Fits everything we've known so far about this place. Oh, God. This place is evil. This place is evil. And I've seen so many places trying to say that, like, it's not evil. They did their best. And it's like, no, 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 no. I know that this is like, you definitely were like had more than you could handle, but this still isn't just like, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, no, no, this is, this is evil. And no wonder why people think it's haunted. Like you could have closed. You could have said, we can't do this. We have to close send them back to their families like and you then you could have just managed the ones that didn't have families i don't know there was probably Mm -hmm. a bunch of other things that you could have done that you didn't do yeah plus there are other options than you know torturing people plus this wasn't unique this wasn't unique to penhurst this was all of these types of places because there was a huge stigma i mean there still is but it was so Mm -hmm. much worse in like you know up through the 70s so i can't imagine i'm i'm not surprised i'm horrified but i'm not surprised that people were treating them as terribly as they were treating them because we especially with how people are still treated these days yes exactly like the way that people treated anyone who was different you know like people are surprised at how people were treating black people in the 60s and it's like people were still getting treated terribly in the 80s and the 90s and now there's still terrible stuff maybe less people are doing it and the stuff has gotten a little bit less terrible but it's still a problem yeah still yeah for sure or people are just talking about it less i don't know i don't know still a problem The fact that we're all talking about therapy, like, within the last five years as being, like, a good thing is a huge step forward. But it's 2022. 
And only now are we like, yeah, I go to therapy. It's great. Yeah, I've got some, I'm on medicine because I found out I had like autism and I'm 27, but I never knew. And like women finding out that they're, they have ADHD from, and they're mm-hmm. 30. Like it's still a problem. It's just not as horrendous. Yeah. And I think we have people who know better what they're getting into and we have more information about what's actually going on in people's brains whereas before we like yeah you had like doctors and nurses but they were trying to make people function in a normal way when they're never going to they have they're functioning in their normal yeah they're normal and everyone else is normal or not usually the same thing so I'm, um, you know, we and we were just letting anyone who was like, yeah, I'm a doctor, yeah, I'm a nurse, go into this when they have their own prejudices, their own. Or you didn't even have to be if you wanted to interact with patients. True, that as well. Fucking awful. Um, in May of 1974, attorney David Furlinger, Furledger, Furledger, maybe filed a lawsuit following the visit home of a patient where the family found substantial unexplained bruises on them. And so they went to the lawyer. This was a lawsuit that was filed representing the patients of Penhurst and was later joined by the United States and the, here it comes, Pennsylvania Association for Retarded Citizens. Mm. You know, the government. Yep, the government. And this would become the Halderman versus Penhurst State School and Hospital and would be the first case of its kind ever seen. Against a mental institution like that? On behalf of mental disabled patients. Got it. Um, there were, I will say that- That was in 1974? 74. I will say there were other lawsuits against the hospital, but not, like, directly representing the people. A patient. Yeah. It was like their code was wrong, like, you're having too many people there. Like, there were other things that, like, you have to do better about this, but nothing was actually saying, like, you're mistreating people. That was less than 50 years ago. Oh, yeah. Well, let's keep going. Um... Okay, so in 1977, Judge Raymond Broderick ruled that the conditions in the hospital were repeatedly violating the patient's constitutional rights with their regular violations of the 8th and the 14th Amendment due to the cruel and unusual punishments. So that that lawsuit was in court for three years before it was, like, decided. I'm sorry, you can't tell me that pulling out people's teeth for biting you is not cruel and unusual punishment. A lot of these, you can't put babies in metal in cages. cages. No. Um, so now, like, they have excerpts of what was happening. So I can read some. I put, I just copied and pasted, so I might have to edit out, like, legal jargon. But we'll get through as many as we can. They said, no psychologist, no psycholo- psychologist, wow. 
are <laughs> on duty at Penhurst at night or over the weekends. So if a resident is having an emotional crisis, he may go, he or she may go without treatment until the next morning or until the weekend is over. Um, at Penhurst, restraints are used as control measures in lieu of adequate staffing. Restraints can either be physical or chemical. The physical restraints range from placing the individual into seclusion rooms or binding the person's hands and ankles with muffs or posies or binding the individual to a bed or a chair. Chemical restraints are usually psychotrophic, which is a tranquilizing drug. Great. I'm sure that does wonders Um, for the mental health. Yeah. Seclusion rooms have been used to punish aggressive behavior. One 18-year-old individual spent six consecutive days in seclusion in 1974 for assaulting a Down syndrome patient. Um, physical restraints are used to due to short staffing. Uh, one extreme example is a female resident who, during the month of June 1976, was a physical restraint for 651 hours and five minutes. Uh, in the month of August 1976, there was someone who was in restraint for 720 hours, uh, another 674 hours. We didn't have it in us to go through all of it, but it's out there. Mm-hmm. Like, you can just... The, the, the stuff I got on the actual, like, case evidence is on, um, I'll link it in the notes. It's under one of the Preserve Penhurst tabs. And if you click on it, like, I just pulled a bunch of them, and you can go through the whole website and it'll say it. It's just look for the case, the the case that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can read it yourself. It's terrible. But, um, so that... <laughs> The case ended in 1977, but it would still take 10 years for the hospital to close its doors in 1987 um, and move the remaining 1,500 patients to other healthcare facilities where they had what to the then. Fuck? Yeah. Um, and they then had to begin trying to heal from the trauma. And I will tell you, some of these patients are still alive and talking and like dealing with it. They still have. Stuff that problems them, like, they coded the building names in the alphabet, so hearing the alphabet can be really traumatizing to these patients and send them back into where they were. Sometimes they wake up thinking they're still in Penhurst. Um, it's terrible. Um, wow. And if you also go to Preserve Penhurst, there are there's a space to write your own personal stories, and I've seen people posting like about their family members that ha- that went there and died there. And mm-hmm. so after the building closed, it was bought by a businessman who now runs a Halloween event called Penhurst Haunted Asylum, which I people did have see that yes, people have mixed feelings about it because. Um, they think it should be a memorial instead and that there's a it's in poor taste because they use original parts of the morgue area and they even have a scene showing bloody mouth patients in dentist chairs mm. which is the part that I'm like mm, I don't I don't like that mhm um the owner does say that they went out of their way to make sure it doesn't mock or mimic and that they made sure not to use any of the actual spaces spaces where things would have happened. 
and that he does use the location for other things like um, an information site and a location for recycling, but people are kind of still not sure what it should be. Mm-hmm. So I think we Yikes. will have to do a part two for the spooky side of things. Ooh. I just wanted to say what needed to be said about what happened. Mm-hmm. Plus, Horrible. Ella put me on a time crunch because she has a jet-setting day. Yes, it's been a very busy day. So, right. um... Should I tell them the things? Yeah, so I'll make sure if you link... The link to all of my information will be in the show notes, which is, like, where we say the description for our episodes. You just, like, boop it, and it'll, like, show more information. And that's where you can find all the extra information. And then we'll be back next week for Spooky... Spooky Penhurst. Spooky spooky. Okay. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at nope underscore I'm underscore scared. Follow us, like us, shoot us a DM. We're always happy to chat with you guys. And if you want to say more things to us or send personal stories of your own, you can email us at nope I'm scared podcast at gmail.com. Please continue to rate and review wherever you're able to. Um, we super appreciate it. And I... God, I hope your day is not as spooky as this, but I do hope that you have a good, like a good spooky day. A good spooky Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good one. I love you all. I love you all. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.